The Power Trip is a proud member of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. You can find more, more phenomenal Kaiju and Tokusatsu content at kaijuramenmedia.com. What's up, everyone? It is JDF the Green Ranger, and you are listening to The Power Trip. It's morphin' time. Lisa! Taisaku Sentai, Pod Ranger! Hello, listeners with Attitude. I'm Michael. And I'm Nathan. And we're continuing our journey through the Power Rangers franchise. In today's episode, we're discussing the comic Power Rangers Aftershock. Nathan, this is a little bit of a weird format, isn't it? Yes, it is. This is a very, this is <laughs> this is what happens when we decide to change things up to save ourselves a little bit of time because we got to put all the effort toward the you know the the five, six, seven, ten hour episodes we got to put out once a month. Yeah, it felt a little bit. Uh, it felt a, a little easier after kind of uh, thinking about it to just do start doing live streams. That way, it'll help cut down on the editing because all I have to do is just take this audio, throw some music on it, make it sound official, and then we're done. But and then, take, should... and, then, you know, and then take out all the stuff that would get us canceled if it was put out on a podcast or something. Whoa, 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 whoa! No, <laughs> no, sir, sorry, no, no. We don't say things like that on this podcast. Oh, uh, we don't. Much. We don't. Yeah. Well, you got to keep the potty mouth to a minimum, you know, because we can't, we can't, unless we want to put a spicy label on this. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we could put a spicy label on it. I'm not, a po- I'm not, a post- <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You're going to have to talk to Travis because we're sending this out to the power Rangers like as a Facebook group. We're sending it out to the power trip YouTube channel. And it's going out to the Kaiju Roman youtube channel and i I don't think our co-host in common would appreciate us yes i'm bringing the joke back once because he's in the chat i don't (laughs) think you would appreciate us getting spicy on the kaiju ramen even though we all like kaiju ramen i almost feel like we need we should have acknowledged the kaiju ramen readers when we did that intro because we're doing this live i don't know but what do we call the kaiju ramen readers are they like the ramen heads or something the ramenites the ramenites the ramen ramen the ramen i don't know the noodles ramen writers no that's no that sounds spicier than what i was wanting that to sound thank you um so i mean we nathan should we acknowledge uh the the uh, change in format for a brief second Yes, we should. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so obviously we are uh, doing this live. We're doing a little bit of a live record. Well, not a little bit of a live recording. We're doing a live this recording. This is live. What are we this talking about? We'll, li- we'll, we'll do it live. We'll do it. We're doing it live, people. We're doing it live. Um, but yeah, so Nathan and I, Nathan and I came up with the uh, harebrained idea that we're going to start doing our comic episodes because they typically tend to be a little bit shorter. We're going to start doing them as live streams, um, which means, Nathan, you have to mind your P's and Q's while we're on air. Well, yeah, and you have to not drag and dagger it all over the place. I don't know what the f- I mean, Rick, <laughs> you're talking about, sir. Good, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you people don't realize what gets said when <laughs> off the air. I'm just saying, especially he uh, would make a sailor blush. That is not true. That is not true. <laughs> uh, Julie has a has a, uh, a a worse sailor mouth than I do. Thank you very really? much. Yes, she does. It is true. Well, aren't you two just perfect for each other? Anyway, so that's why you named a gun after her. Got it. Now that's. <laughs> Oh, that's an inside joke. Okay, we're not, we're not, we don't do in, we don't do inside jokes on this podcast, Nathan. Yes, quite. <laughs> anyway, so yes, we're we're shaking up the format a little bit to save ourselves a little bit on production time. We're also altering the schedule. We yes. had originally we had originally planned to talk about this comic, but we had originally planned to talk about the comic later in the season. But because 
Kaku Ranger took longer than we were expecting. We're like, we want to try to stay on schedule. Yeah. So we'll do a comic episode now. And then our next episode will be once and always because we're like, what two days away from that right now <laughs> as a, yeah at the time of this yeah, at the time yeah. of, if you're listening to this after if you're listening to this on the podcast feed more than likely once and always has already happened right uh, and just so all of you know we will be ignoring social media so do not try to talk about us uh, talk, uh, not talk about us talk to us about it would, with spoilers we will ignore you <laughs> who who would talk about us nathan i don't ha- i don't know I, I don't have a clue of anyone who would talk about us like, why would we even come up in conversation? Yeah, that uh, That's a very good question. But, you know, so, but on the bright side, well, bright side for all of you listeners with attitude. I don't know if it'll be a bright side for us, but we're going to do two Sentai episodes in one month to mm-hmm. make up for all of this. So, <laughs> yay. 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 Um, I, and it's going to be O-Ranger and Car-Ranger. So complete opposite ends of the spectrum uh oh ranger feels like it jumps from one end of the spectrum it's a little bipolar but i'll save that for the episode speaking of following the format nathan since this is a live recording of the actual podcast we do have to do one thing to transition us into the actual topic that we're going to be talking about and that is Cue the epic rock music. One week after Rita Repulsa is into space, the citizens of Angel Group take shelter in refugee tents while the Power Rangers mop up leftover putties formed by remnants of not Goldar. Jason struggles with the weight of leadership, fearing someone will die on his watch, while the other Rangers continue to learn their powers. Meanwhile, the twins, Audrey and Jacob, who were orphaned during Rita's attack, merge with Goldar dust putties to become monsters. Now they're on a revengeful rampage to kill the Rangers as a secretive woman watches. So is Goldar dust the same as angel dust? Can you get high from it? Just curious. Asking for a friend, actually. Wow. Now that, although that is actually an interesting idea that they could have played around with. Like they could, like they totally like someone, like someone's actually selling this stuff, like yes. a drug, like angel group drug dealers are selling this thing. Yes. <laughs> selling this stuff. You oh call it gosh. gold. You call it gold dust or you call it gold dust. <sighs> for anyone who, for anyone's listening to this, the audio, I did the gold, the gold dust, the, the wrestler, the, the, okay, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Although I, we, I think we all know what would be the results of that. (laughs) You turn into a kaiju at the end. (laughs) Hey, you know, worse things can happen. You you be an addict or be a kaiju. Which one would you want to be? Nathan, come on, be real. Uh, Except in this case, I think it would be both. Anyway, we're talking about Power Saban's Power Rangers Aftershock, which is the, the only sequel we will ever get to the 2017 movie, much which, to the chagrin of some and the delight of a certain Scotsman. <laughs> oh, come on. Get off. Get off uh, uh, Jamie's arse for one time. Come on. <laughs> our friend, our friend, our friend Jamie is incredibly patient with us and all the Scottish jokes. Um <laughs> If we he only comes up as much as he does on the show because he talks to us all the time it's true it's true our, our, it's true just as a quick little shout out again to jamie uh he's the one that co- he's actually one of the ones that coached us through our first se- our season one giving us all like the tidbits of information on the ranger series so mm-hmm. uh like that's that's actually a, a a heartfelt thank you jamie i know you're in the chat right now listening um so thank you for, you know, kind of coaching us through some of the seasons that we weren't super familiar with that you were. So we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so Nathan, this is the follow-up comic to the very, um, divisive. We'll say, yeah. Divide. We'll say divisive. We'll say divisive. Polarizing. Polarizing. There we go. That's probably a better word to use. It's, it's the, to the polarizing movie, the 2017 power Rangers movie. Um, so, Honestly, I was not aware that this thing even existed either. Neither was Travis, according to the chat. Right. So uh, 
I was never I was not aware that thing existed until we started doing a little bit of research and found out that, oh, we can read a comic. But my first it when I was reading through it. I want to be really nice to it, but at the end, but at the end of the day, it's really not all that interesting. And but I think that's because it's forced to exist in a vacuum. Right. No, it is. Which it's we'll supposed- get into it as we unpack it a little bit more. Right. And, and and as we're kind of talking about it, you and I were talking about this the other night, that it kind of serves the same purpose as, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Nathan, but Godzilla Aftershock. Isn't that, is that the one that came yeah. after 2014 leading up to King of the Monsters? Was I'm pretty the, sure. Yeah. Was that the one? Okay. So it kind of serves as a bridge between the two, between what would have been a sequel movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can kind of tell that too. So I'm wondering if some of the characters that we met in this comic, um, we would have seen in a in the sequel film, right? I, but we'll never know. I'm not entirely right. sure. If uh, when I was reading the comic, I did wonder, you know, like if we could have taken some of this and fit it into some of those. Like when we were did the episode, we basically planned out the next two movies in this trilogy. If we could have worked some of this into there i i honestly don't know at this point but just to let everybody know i tried looking up some information on this comic to try to get some background and everything and i i found a lot of nothing Mm -hmm. on it so the only thing i can really tell you is that it was published by boom studios march 28th 2017 which was just a few short days after the movie was released so it was within a week the the sequel comic was out and the the writer is of great import to Ranger fans because it was written by Ryan Parrott, mm-hmm. who is, I think, really second only to Kyle Higgins in terms of the high profile writers working at Boom on these Power Ranger comics. Mm-hmm. The pencilers were Lucas Wernick and Robert Carey. Our cover artists were Scott Newman and Greg Smallwood. Our colorist was Joanna. La Fuente, I hope I said that correctly. Our letterer was Jim Campbell. And our editor was Daphna Pleben. Pleben? Pleb? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I don't think plebe is the right word, Nathan. I know. I'm just being funny. But <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah. It's hard. It's hard not to jump to the end with this thing. Talking about just how how the whole thing plays out. What do you mean? Like jump? Because it, it, it's a self-contained story, but it ends not on a cliffhanger so much as with the promise of more. And I can't help but wonder, had the movie been successful Mm -hmm. that we could have seen more of these comics to bridge the gap between the first movie and a sequel. Mm hmm. Or you know, maybe they would have at least continued making more comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the promise a second film. The premise is at least interesting, right? I mean, the the premise yeah, is, it, the premise is the consequences least, of the movie. Right, right. So when we first meet our ranger team, uh, they're literally playing mop up crew for mm-hmm. uh, for what just happened a few weeks prior with the invasion or the, uh, what do they call it? In the, what do they call it? In the, the encounter. The encounter. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they call it the encounter. For some reason, I thought they called it the invasion, uh, no. which that would make more sense. But um, but Not I guess... really, because uh, it wasn't a full-scale invasion. Well, but I guess encounter, close encounters, it's an alien mm. reference. Eh, okay, whatever. So. Not the only reference that's in this oh no there's 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 a very direct breakfast club homage toward the end very much yeah very much yeah yeah toward the end with trini of all people which is Mm kind of interesting where she she, it's they replicate it perfectly where she's walking away from kimberly after having a conversation with her and she does the fist pump thing that oh i can't remember the actor's name Ah, dang it! I can't because he was also in Transformers the movie as Hot Rod. I can't. Oh God! What is the? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to have to look it up since we're on air. But right, right, right. But you know what we're talking about. As soon as somebody says his name in the chat, I'm gonna be like, yeah, that guy. You know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so which is kind of interesting because 
it, the Breakfast Club was cited numerous times by the creators of the film as an influence, and it's <clears throat> undeniable, honestly, if you look at it. So oh, yeah. I'm not surprised that they would make a direct homage, but we're, you know, we're not here to talk about direct homages. We're here to talk about Judd Nelson. There, there you go. We're here to talk about the, you know, the comic itself. So mm-hmm. dealing with the consequences of it, I think is pretty cool. It's not something that the TV shows did all that often. Weirdly enough, I think Sentai does it more, or mm-hmm. at the very least they show more stuff with civilians either getting hurt or running mm-hmm. or something like that mm-hmm. during these attacks compared to Power Rangers. Yeah, I mean it's a, a Sentai for like you would you couldn't tell that Sentai was a kids show, but it, it I kind of it just goes back to what we've said all along talking about you know Power Rangers versus Sentai when when we when we do the Who Done It Better segment, it's always in the back of our mind that it's amazing to us that that the sensibilities between American television and, and Japanese television are almost polar opposites. You know, right. What, what they would deem in a, what we would deem inappropriate here in the United States. It's just a plot point to, it's just a plot point over there or a plot device or some plot like device. That. Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, I do think this is tonally in keeping with the movie. Some of the characterization is, to, feels a little off. I feel like maybe I'm just crazy, but Billy doesn't come across as, as autistic in this, nor does, nor do they bring up anything pertaining to Trini's sexuality or anything. Cause really, because it's not, that's just not important in this. Mm -hmm. I don't know why the characterization for Billy isn't as strong, but then again, the, and Zach doesn't get a whole lot to do in this. The two Rangers who get the lion share, the two Rangers that get the lion share of the attention is are Jason and Kimberly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially Jason. And mm-hmm. I like what they do with Jason in this, where he's burdened by the weight of being the team leader. He's not so much worried about not being able to lead the team. He's afraid that he's going to make a mistake and someone's going to die. Right, he's guilt-ridden. He, yeah. Well, it's not so much guilt. It's just he's not, he's not, he's just afraid of screwing up. Right, right, right. So because, you know, he's he's this kid with this massive responsibility on his shoulders now mm-hmm. to, to do the, to do what he's doing, to be the Red Ranger. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's just a lot. It's just a lot for him. And he's right. trying, he's trying to lead a team that, I don't know. Like, I feel like the team respects him to a degree, but they do. He's not, he's not a very confident leader. And it shows in this comic. Right. Um, well, I think he said it wasn't. I'm going to look it up here and see if I can find it real quick. There's a scene where they address that. I don't know if it's, I think he says it's not so much a confidence issue. I think it's more of a worry issue. Yeah. Here's the scene. He says, uh, he says, I know some of you don't like the way I lead. You don't have to say it. I get it. And what you know, and you know what? You're probably right. We're all new at this and, and truth. And the truth is, I don't know what I'm doing. I pretend to, but I don't. Mm-hmm. All those command phrases I use, I look them up online. Flank counter, no idea what they mean. And yes, they sound dumb to me too. I didn't want to say it, but. I am absolutely terrified every single time we go out there. Well, that's a moment of vulnerability for Jason as well, which is part mm-hmm. of being a leader. Like vulner being being able to be vulnerable is is part of being a leader. It's part of being a, it's 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 part of being a good leader because if you can be vulnerable with your team, it feels like it, it's a trust building exercise. You know, we talk about that at work. All the, we talk about that even in in my job. We talk about just being vulnerable with one another and and uh, being empathetically honest with one another, so that you can build that trust. And I think that's part of it. And I think even uh, I know we're not necessarily talking about themes, but because um, yeah, you and I disagree on a theme for this comic. Yeah, my theme was vulnerability, and mine but, was learning from mistakes. Right. Right. So, but my thing was vulnerability only because I feel like it fits a little bit nicer with our villain characters, uh, Aubrey and, um, ah, crap. What was Jacob? It? What was, Jacob. There we go. I know it started with a J. Uh, I almost called him Jack. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. Um, but, um, 
I feel like vulnerability works for them as well. And I'll tell, and it's a little bit of a workaround and I'll, and I'll, and I'll test it out on you to see if it works for you. Those are two people that were forgot, basically forgotten by the system. You know, their parents died and they were left to fend for themselves. And basically they were just vulnerable kids trying to make it for themselves. And they ended up going down the wrong path. Um, so that's kind of where I landed with vulnerability for them. And then Jason, and then Jason being, you know, vulnerable and being brave enough to be vulnerable with his team. So that's where I kind of, that's why I kind of landed on the theme of, of vulnerability for this one. I went with learning from mistakes because the Rangers are still learning how to utilize their powers. Jason is afraid of making mistakes and the, if you want to look at it as such, the encounter, as they call it, those two kids were orphaned by it. So they're dealing with the consequences of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, and then when, they make the mistake of going off and they find some Goldar dust putties and merge with them to become Marvel comic supervillains. <laughs> right. And so it, it, we talk about, I thought, well, yeah, but was it the green with evil? Was it the green? We're talking about the green with evil episode where, you know, you know, you can be corrupted. Like it, it's just the, the Goldar. let me just rephrase. Let me rephrase. Hang on. Let me back up and let me reassess my thought here. Um, the Goldar putty the Goldar dust, whatever you want to call it, just amplified what was already inside of them. Right. So they were already uh, two kids with tur fighting extreme turmoil and they've, they've went down a wrong, went down the wrong path. And that, that um, Goldar putty just amplified that. What I found really interesting about that, about that though, is the, once the putty merged with them and their cells, it's like they had a it's it's like they had a split personality. It was the it was like Goldar in that moment had a new body, essentially, mm -hmm. because it was his thoughts and his memories, because there's a reference in the comic. I can't remember what page it's on, but it's like, I remember doing this before. I remember fighting you guys before, but mm -hmm. for some, but I remember being 40 feet taller or something like that. Right. Something like that. But I, Zordon did say that these Goldar remnants are no longer sentient. Mm. the sentience is fading away as time goes on right so it's they, probably more like just pure instinct at this point mm -hmm. but they were sentient but, but they were sentient for a while right um, at least that's what the comic implies that they that's what sentient. the comic implies but the but the, the other interesting thing is the 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 brother becomes a monster first his sister is like we need to find another one so i can do that mm -hmm. And that is her goal. But then when she actually first starts to actually, to actually merge, she doesn't want to. Mm, she changes her she mind. She says, no, I changed my mind. But then when the merge, the merging actually happens, she's like, yes, I love it. And then <laughs> well, in a mind. way, in a way though, that's kind of like what you were saying with the theme that you came up with was just dealing with your dealing with cons dealing with the consequences. Yeah. Mistakes. Yeah. De dealing with the mistakes. Like she made a mistake in that moment to, to give in to that to give into the Goldar putty, to give into the Goldar dust. Um, and she instantly regretted it. Whereas her brother didn't like her brother had a, right. Had a, had a more, had, had a bigger thirst for revenge power, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever you want to say it, whatever they, whatever you call it a lot of things, but he had a bigger thirst for it than she did. And, um, but by yeah, the time, which, by, by the time she realized it, it was just, it was just too late, which is what happens to a lot of people. Right. Which is something that uh, we should bring up here. Since we're, ta we're talking about the villains, the villains up until the end, mm -hmm. I feel like are, they feel the least like power Rangers out of like, they are the least power Rangery thing. I think we have in this, I said, like I said, until the end, because at the end, they, they, the two of them combine together and become a Kaiju. And then we get a Zord fight. Mm -hmm. cool but before that it it really wasn't a power ranger story with them it felt like a marvel comic story to me mm -hmm. no i think so I, I think you're right like because the whole th the whole thing the whole prem the whole 
2017 mythos, whatever you want to call it, does feel more Marvel, <clears throat> leans more Marvel, leans more modern Marvel than it does Power Rangers. Like there are yeah. there are essences of Power Rangers in the 2017 movie and in this comic. There's there's cheesy dialogue. There's Zord fights. There's putty. Yeah, there's, actually, you know, the 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 Rangers in this are a bit wittier. Yeah, they got. They do have some better one-liners in this. They, they have some better one-liners in here. You know, I, I wrote some of them down. <laughs> it was a. I'll create a fulcrum. That's like the Billy. That's one of the. You know, we're used to. That's like old school Billy right there. Say something nerdy. Mm-hmm. You know <laughs> what is he talking about? And he's talking about grabbing onto a car that's about to fall off of a cliff. So mm-hmm. while he's holding onto it, while the other Rangers get the people out of it. Mm-hmm. And Jason says stuff like, you're mad we're not the Beatles yet? <laughs> I'm like, aren't you a little young to know who the Beatles are? But I don't know. <laughs> because red's a primary color, which is, you know, that was from Kim saying, is that, is that why you're the leader, Jason? Probably has a point there. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Um, Someone but- says Red Rover at one point. <laughs> oh, the bad guy says Red Rover to Jason at one point. Red- Red Rover, Red Rover. Oh, what is it? Uh, what is the rhyme? Red Rover, Red Rover sends so-and-so over. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then uh, Trini has a pretty nice one at one point. She says, that's the giant robot equivalent of throwing a drink in your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. It was just, we are talking about homages. I kind of wonder. I'm trying to remember what page it's on. But there's a panel in this. I'm like, is that? An homage to Action Comics number one, just without Superman, because there's a car that goes flying. Yeah, right here. Yeah, there's a there's a car that get, that's flying up from an explosion, and I'm like, okay. that looks suspiciously like. Oh, it's getting kicked. I think. And like that looks suspiciously like Action Comics number one, but mm-hmm. I would notice things like that. Mm-hmm. But so I, I think they were trying to move the comic a little bit closer to the show and at least with stuff like that but like i said the villains don't really they don't feel like super sentai or power ranger monsters of the week we don't have a main villain who's making because them they're, because they're because they're not as fan i mean like it's all fantastical but it's not as i don't know what the word i'm looking for it's not it's not it's certainly not in the style of sentai and power rangers right where yeah. where the where where monsters of the week lean into the into the absurd with the absurd and yeah basically the absurd not abstract they lean into the absurd mm, a little abstract and, uh, and gimmicky a little Ab- jack a little jackson pollock at sometimes too yeah yeah but yeah they lean into gimmicks and they lean into absurdity and we don't really get that here this is still pretty grounded now the absurdity comes when they turn into a kaiju at the end, but you know, I just like you were talking about how these felt like Marvel Comics villains. You know, Jacob when he first merges with the putty with with mm-hmm. the with the putty goo with the gold or dust whatever, um, it felt like Sandman. It's what it kind. Of, I know it's not a little it's, bit. It's not. It's not really like that, but it kind of reminded me a little of Sandman. It actually reminded me more of Venom. When the symbiote, when the symbiotes bond mm, with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's a better. That's a better comparison. Yeah. You, I don't read. You can tell I don't read comics. So. Your loss. I know. Because <laughs> I have no imagination. I guess. <laughs> I don't. I, I was gonna make a comment about like, but it has pictures. <laughs> <laughs> moving on anyway so there are so there are so there are some interesting little tidbits tidbits Mm -hmm. in this um it should be noted we get so i think we get some pretty cool new supporting cast characters in this but they there's not a lot done with them and i again i wonder if that's because they maybe they had initially had plans to do more of these and then the movie bombed (laughs) <laughs> I won't sugarcoat it. The movie bombed. Mm-hmm. So they didn't make anymore. But we have was it, it's the police chief there. Mm-hmm. Chief Colton, who I said looks like Mike Hager or Captain Gordon, because he's got the mustache. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> Have fun editing that. Uh, <laughs> we we just got trolled by Travis. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, although the, Chief Colton does say one of the weirdest lines, I think, in this entire comic for me, mm-hmm. which is he uses the phrase "alien looky lose." And for I some mean, odd reason, Spellcheck doesn't mind that word. I I mean, because looky Lou is an old time. It's like an old timey phrase. Like my dad used to say that looky Lou. I was just like, huh? I okay, mean, boomer. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a boomer. Yeah, it's a boomer phrase. But it's I mean, it's not. I've heard it before. Yeah. So we, so we have the chief there. But the one that we really have to talk about is I think she goes by the name Sheer in this, but that's probably not her real name. Mm-hmm. Right. So the uh, the the woman that comes to bring aid to yeah, as part Angel of Samaritan Girl. Relief, mm-hmm. which but as soon as I saw them show up, uh, I I don't know if it's just because I'm just too genre savvy or whatever, but I immediately thought something's going on with them. And I kind of called it. She works for the government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so like I mean Samaritan's relief eh, it's reasonable that it's 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 not it's not too euphemistic that you couldn't have believed it though. Mm-hmm. It sounds it's 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 a play off of some Samaritan's uh, some, purse uh, some Samaritan's purse and yeah. things like that. You know, so it, I was willing to go with it. I was like okay, they probably don't want to use the real organ the name of the real organization. So you know, you can come up with Something Whatever. that sounds reasonably close that communicates what we're talking about here. Right. But I, and then I was like, I kind of call it now. She only appears sporadically throughout it. And she's always just kind of seeming a little shady. She's just observing things. Mm-hmm. The big revelation comes. Well, the most involvement that she has is at the end uh, when we're doing the wrap up for everything. And she shows up, she like snaps her finger and I still don't know if she literally made soldiers just ninja in, you know, te- <laughs> like, like they just teleported in, like they just materialized. I don't know if that's what they did. I don't know if that's what she did or if they were just hiding really well and then just came in when she snapped her finger mm-hmm. and they pulled guns on the Rangers. And my first thought is I, I was like, you know what? I'm willing to believe they're bulletproof. So I don't know what you guys think you're doing, but <laughs> <laughs> right but and then she basically says we're going to be watching and we find out that she has our two villains Aubrey and up at a lab someplace and presumably is going to be experimenting on them or something she collected them after they were defeated right right and you know, and basically just tells the readers I'll keep, I'm going to be watching and leaves and that's that's how it ends. It is. So it, it, it does lead, it, it does lead you to believe that she was going to be a character or, or something in the next film, at least that, or at least the next comic. Um, I don't know how, we don't know how many comics there were supposed to be in between movies. Um, uh, so it could just be a comic character that gets resolved in a, in a, in a next issue or something, but you know, we'll never know because this lives in a vacuum, unfortunately. Right. So, I mean, we had some interesting additions. We had, I thought it was an interesting status quo. It would have taken this into an interesting, but different direction in terms of Power Rangers. Now, how much of it would have played into a sequel to the movie? I don't know. There have been, excuse me, there have been tie-in comics like this done for other film franchises, but the comics don't usually affect the next en- film entry all that much. Now there have been some, I guess you could say like, ah, what's the word? Like these multimedia franchises where they have various kinds of media and you have to keep up with all of it to fully understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. The example I can think of is the Mortal Kombat video games where I played Mortal Kombat nine from 2011. Mm-hmm. got really into it i thought the the story was pretty well done and i wanted to see what was going to happen next they changed a lot of stuff up and then i start playing mortal kombat x and i'm like what the heck you time jumped 20 years and this guy's not a cyborg anymore and 
what the what the heck just happened? I I don't get it. And then I found out by reading online. It's like, oh, if I had read the comic books, I would know what was going on. And I'm like, the frick nether realm. You can't assume that everyone keeps up with everything. But it's more fun if you do. I guess. And to Travis's point, Star Wars is getting there. Yeah, the, yeah, Star Wars is starting to get there. Yeah, there's a lot of franchises that are they're starting to get there, but that's just one example. So I have I don't know, but I do know that like the Star Trek 2009 movie has spawned a comic book series, and they would do tell stories that take place in between the movies. But you can watch the movies, and you know, nothing really affects it. So <laughs> I, yeah, but. I don't know how this would have played out. So could we have seen Sheer and Chief Colton in the in the in a Power Rangers 2? I suppose it's possible, but introducing Sheer in the movie would have been difficult to do, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So this comic also not only does it introduce us to some new characters and things. It also builds on some things that were sort of established in the movie, namely the relationship between Kim and Jason. Um, Yeah. Which I found kind of interesting. They only really get one decent enough moment in this. They get, they get, they get one spread or they get one spread basically. And now their exchange is pretty funny. I'll find it here, but I find that interesting because I don't know if the comic was produced considering how fast the comic was released after the movie. I don't know if they knew about the change in the script where that one scene mm-hmm. was originally was going to end with, with a kiss between Jason and, uh, and Kim. And then they, ch- the filmmakers changed it. So it didn't end that way because mm-hmm. they, they just thought it, they just felt it was inappropriate. For it, and I, I think that was a good call, but in this one, for at least a second, they let them have a moment. Yeah, I found, I found the page here. So Jason has driven her home and is dropping her off, and he's uh, he's moving in, and he says, uh, "Well, the exchange goes." Kim says, "Thanks for the uh, thanks for the ride, night." Jason says, "Hold up a sec." I know everything's crazy right now and we're all just trying to find our footing, but you and I, we have this thing between us in common. I mean, Kim says, "Uh uh-huh. Use your words. Jason. Jason says, I'm just saying if we wanted, we, there's an explosion in the distance. (laughs) They look toward it. And Jason says, I have the worst luck in the world. Kim says, we have the worst luck. And then Jason says, guess it's morphin time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what I found really interesting about that particular uh, panel is um, the phrasing, we have this thing between us, and then immediately right beside that, there's an explosion. So is that... <laughs> Right. I mean, is it like, is it sparks? Is it like, is it fireworks? Is it, what is it? Uh, apparently it's, it, oh apparently, my gosh, I want to, apparently it's, it's buildings not a blowing dragon up. dagger. It's not a dragon dagger, but can I say it? <laughs> no, you can't. I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're talking about, but you can't. Um, what are you talking about? <laughs> you told me not to say it. Now you're saying to say it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Nathan. Either you well, say you were ta- well, you were analyzing what the explosion meant about whether it was sparks or something else, and I had a thought, and I, I don't think I could say it. Okay, all right. That will then we'll, then we'll leave it there. Then we'll leave it there. But I mean, I but in a, on a more serious tone, I believe that that panel was referencing the reason why they can't be together is because of their ranger duties. Right. Right. So that is that is a subtle way of uh, that is that is a subtle way of of alluding to that, I believe. Yeah, for sure. Now, unfortunately, they don't do a whole lot beyond that because they got other things to take care of, which is, again, why I wonder if there was supposed to be more. I mean, I think there was, I I think there was supposed to be more. Just a little bit more anyway. Right. (sighs) 
but like I said, that's the, that's the frustrating thing. This is forced to exist in a vacuum. It's the it's actually not too dissimilar to what ended up happening with me regarding Pacific Rim Uprising. So I brought our friend Jack on uh-huh. and, and I basically just dared him. It's like, defend this movie. I do not like this movie. I actively hate this movie. Convince me that it's not as bad as I think it is. Well, it's not. He, beside the point. <laughs> and he didn't succeed in convincing me to necessarily like the movie, mm-hmm. but he did convince me to be more forgiving of the movie mm. because Uprising is forced to exist in a vacuum. And if there had been a third movie, mm-hmm. I probably would have looked back on that movie more kindly. Right. Because as he put it, it's like, if you hear about what they were in wanting to do with a third film, they took bold steps to set it up. They took big risks mm-hmm. in that movie and I can admire them for taking the big risks, but it didn't pay off because it soured people because they had no idea what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what this comic is. It is forced to exist in a vacuum, but because it's forced to exist in a vacuum, it's less interesting. Now, if we had gotten more, if this had been the start of something, I think we would have looked back on it with more satisfaction. I think so too. I think so too. And and like, and like you, Nathan, I had to come around to the 2017 movie and really it wasn't until I actively hated it. We got to make a distinction here. You actively hated it. I was ambivalent and different, whichever word you prefer. I always assumed, and I don't want to rehash this because we talked about it during we, that Yeah, episode. we we've talked wanna, about it ad nauseum. If you want to talk, if you want to go listen to that, go, I don't know what episode number it is. Go find it. It's our 2017 Power Rangers episode. Um, but uh, we talked, I, what brought me around on the movie is the fact, it is the documentary that, that we watched, the two hour making of documentary. Because I always assumed, and this is something that I said, like even up until that recording that the movie was made by people who just didn't give a damn about the franchise. They were just trying to make their own thing. It was, it was a Godzilla 1998 situation where um, the director, the producers, the actors, actresses, whatever, didn't give two craps about the franchise that they were, that is not a dragon dagger, sir. Um, didn't give two craps about the uh, the content that they or the source material that they were drawing inspiration from. And I was wrong because all the people who worked on that film really cared about the franchise. And it was the fans that failed the movie. Sorry, not sorry. Um, it was the fans that failed the movie. So anyway, right. that's that's my salt. That's my, yeah, small, that, that's my yeah, small soapbox. But- yeah, that's fine. But like I said, if this had been the start of something, I I think we would, like I said, we find it more satisfying. As it is, it just exists as this kind of weird, not pseudo sequel. It's a real sequel, but. Close, Travis. Close. It's a it's it's not a sequel. It's a pseudo sequel. It is a continuation of the story. And it's and it's the same. It's the same thing that that we talked that you said about Pacific Rim. It if we had gotten to see the bigger picture, if we had gotten the 2017 movie, this comic in between there, and then the next movie or the next comic, and then another movie and, and all that stuff, um, the the story would have been fully fleshed out. And mm-hmm. I and even with this comic, it's just so unfortunate that even this comic lives in such a vacuum because. As much as I, I was really hoping walking into this comic that it would help me, that it would help flesh out some more of the story that and we it were. Does, that, that, it does, but, but it doesn't to the, de- it doesn't to the degree that I would want it to. It still leaves a lot of loose ends mm-hmm. um, that I, that I, that I just, you know, I, I just, I was expecting a little bit more from, from this comic and maybe it was my own issue of expecting more from it than what it was supposed to be. I managed, uh, I think I managed my expectations enough to not expect it to be this 
grandiose, larger than life sort of sequel. I mean, I mean, it would have, this would cost a lot of money, I think, to film for sure, because we've got, you know, we've got Jacob turning into the unholy love child of Two Face and the Thing. <laughs> from Marvel Comics. And, you know, we've got a kaiju fight at the end. Heck, we even have some solo Zord action, which I thought was kind of cool. It's like that almost never happens anymore. Right. <laughs> you know, before they make the Megazord there at the end. And and all the Zords look pretty nice. I have to say, I think actually the, the Zords look a little bit better in this comic than they do in the film. Well, you're able to distinguish, you're able to distinguish what the hell they are. Um, in this comic, when in the movie, it just looks like a an amalgamation of of twisted metal and light and and lights. That's all they look. It's all. That's my biggest. The Zords are my biggest gripe from the movie. Right. I almost wonder if also they tried to hide some of the design features that drove people like you and our friend Chris Cook crazy. Because oh, I'm I'm. I don't think that. you get a. I don't think you get a full on shot of. Of, of the octodon <laughs> and you don't get a uh and you don't get a full-on shot of the of the hexa texaceratops uh yeah yeah close yeah. enough it's close enough yeah, yeah you don't get a full-on shot it's like they're it's like yeah those look kind of silly so we'll we'll compose the shot in such a way that you don't necessarily see those mm. I don't know, but still, yeah, I will say that was pretty nice seeing that as for the characters themselves. I, I don't think they quite get the likenesses of the actors as well for some as they do others. Uh, Jason's likeness is not great. I think Jason's they, likeness isn't great. Billy's is pretty good. Billy's is good. Zach's is good. Kim, Kim's is pretty good. Where they're lacking for me is the uh, is the is their is their artist interpretation of Trini and Jason. I, yeah. I think I think Jason and Trini are, are lacking a little bit because mm -hmm. um, I don't remember Jason being this blonde. No, not really. Well, it, and they got Zordon down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they got the Brian Cranston Zordon down pretty. Well. Yeah, they got the Brian Cranston Zordon down. Alpha looks pretty nice in this artwork. Uh, the costumes, I don't know. Do you think the costumes actually look a little bit better in this comic than they do in the movie? Uh, they look a little wonky. They look a little, I don't know. I'm not a fan of these costumes. So I really don't have any, I don't have any good things to say about them. Yeah. I'm just wondering if you thought that they were better realized in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, uh, it's about even from, it's about even with the movie. Yeah. Well, and the, that's another thing that I noticed that was different. The Rangers spend a lot of time morphed in this comic. Mm -hmm. A lot of time. Right. They they don't spend a lot of time in their civilian forms, their civilian outfits, their face, their face actor outfits, whatever. Yeah. Um, and now, I, I don't know if that's because they anticipated that people would want to see them morphed more. Or people would be upset that they weren't morphed more or what. It seems like, okay, so... Or if they're just like, they're not going to be morphed very much, so let's have them morphed a lot. So that actually brings up a really valid point, and I didn't think about this until you mentioned it. it this this comic seems a little bit like a course correction. Does it not? It feels a little bit like a course correction? <laughs> I, but see, the thing is, is, I guarantee you that considering how fast this was released mm. after the movie, I guarantee you this was made at the same time as the movie. So I don't know how much time they would... They probably wouldn't have had... They, they wouldn't have had any time to make quote unquote course corrections. Mm -hmm. But to your, but to your point though, like one of the number one complaints that fans, one of the, yeah, one of the many complaints that fans had with this, with the movie is we don't see the guy, we don't see them in suits all that much. Like the last 30 minutes of the film, that is what we see them in, in, in their Ranger outfits. Um, but they stay in, but they stay in uniform almost the entire time. Um, and then they're, they're obscuring some aspects of the Zords that people complained about, you know, that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It's, it's very minor course corrections, but it could be slight course corrections. Yeah. It could be a case of maybe the people working on this comic looked at those sword designs and they're like, no, <laughs> 
so they tried to obscure it a little bit. I I don't know. I really don't know. All I uh, what I do know is you know, it's out there. If you enjoyed the movie, I recommend that you read it because this is as much of this universe as you're probably going to get. There was a lot of potential left on the table with this comic. I think with the movie in general, I, I, I've noticed it on social media that it's gotten a little bit more popular to defend this film and say nice things about it and say this should have gotten a sequel and things like that. And so if you're one of those people, this comic is for you. Just be prepared to, if you want a physical copy, be prepared to not pay retail price for it. <laughs> Because I, I didn't. I had to pay twenty five uh, for it when it retailed for fifteen. And what's I annoying is the last probably quarter of it, or at least last third, is a preview issue of I forget uh, which Mighty uh, Morphin. Mighty Morphin number. I which the Mighty Morphin? Uh, I don't know, but it was oh uh, preview Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Volume One. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was, which was getting put into everything. Boom was publishing all the graphic novels they were publishing at the time. So you know that's why I feel a little. I'm a little. I'm not as happy with this purchase as I would like to be, because I would have preferred paying fifteen. You know, if considering that's how much of it is, just you know a preview issue, but. You, I think you can get it on Comixology. You, because you got it on Comixology, you can get it still pretty reasonably priced. I think it was eight dollars. I don't have a Comixology subscription, but uh, I bought it from. I bought the digital version from Amazon for seven dollars. Yeah, so that's how I read it. Right. Yeah. So that I think that's I think that's real. You know, that's reasonable. I would say mm-hmm. for. You know, to get the to get a digital copy of it because I'm guessing basically this was only in print for about 15 minutes and <laughs> and you know boom just pulled it or just stopped printing it and so you know you're just gonna have to get lucky and find what you can out there so yeah I and 25 is the low end that I usually see this go for now right I've seen it go for as much as like 50 or 60 bucks definitely not worth that price 25 is really the absolute limit i would go with this one so nathan um so what are what are your kind of final thoughts on aftershock like how would you, like how would you sum or how would you summarize your thoughts on aftershock <sighs> it's a taste of what we could have gotten and it's but it's unfortunately all we're ever going to get from this mm-hmm. universe. Mm-hmm. Although just the letter, just because I'm looking over my notes and there were some other just kind of weird things. I just wanted to point out. First off, I did find one typo in it. <laughs> of course you did. Now, if someone says how they heck. Wait, how they heck. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how, how that they one heck. got, but how, how they, heck? they heck, how they heck. I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and Billy brings up a thing that they use. Like some Brian Parrot must have been doing some crazy research or something, and he's like, "Ha ha! Here's this interesting thing, and I can finally use it." The triangle of life. It's an earthquake survival tactic. Basically, I mean, if- you go up. Uh, you if you stand next to another object, particularly something that's like a wall it will somehow keep debris from falling on you because they do it by going up next to a car mm-hmm. when there's a building collapsing and they don't get killed by the debris. Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh? I mean, it makes sense. Okay. Makes sense. Congratulations, Billy. You're a nerd. <laughs> so, I mean, for me personally, I'm glad it exists. Uh, I'm just sad that it lives in such a vacuum that it will will never get a continuation of the story. And to answer Travis's question, or to build on what Travis was saying, n- yes, Ryan Parrott has moved on from uh, doing Power Rangers. Yeah, so is uh, Kyle Higgins. So is Kyle Higgins. Yeah, the they wrapped up their tenure with the franchise last year in 2022. They spent eight years working on it, I believe. Um, off to 
go and check. But um, so for my final thoughts on it, I mean, it's fine. It's a it's a nice continuation of what we got in the 2017 movie. If you're hoping for. Honestly, if you're hoping for everything to be wrapped up in a nice little convenient bow, don't expect that. But if you're a fan of the movie or if you're willing to give the movie a reevaluation, go watch the movie, then go read the comic um, and you'll probably enjoy it. I enjoyed it overall. Um, It was a nice, just casual, unoffensive read, I guess. I don't know how else to say it, but nothing really ground, nothing super groundbreaking, honestly. No, but it could have been more. Could have been more. <laughs> it could have been more. Could have been more. So it's kind of the story of this whole movie, isn't it? So Nathan, uh, do you want to give everyone? Do you want to give the listeners with attitude a preview of the next um, couple of episodes, or at least the next episode? Well, obviously, our next episode is going to be once and always right. <laughs> the 30th anniversary special, which is just days away at this point, and we're going to do our best to get the episode out as quickly as possible. Oh, what Kim says, watch oh, once and always watch party. If you've got, if schedules work out, you're more than welcome to join us. You are more than well. I know I've had, I've talked to several fans today, Kim, um, with, uh, with our friends over at monsters of attitude. I know, I know they're wanting to do a watch party. Adrian, if you're still in the chat, um, but yes, we are planning to do a watch party. We just got to get it. We we just, well, at first it was just going to be me and Nate just so we could get our reactions, but I would love to do a watch party with, uh, a, with our friends, Travis, Kim, and whoever wants to show up with us and watch. And <clears throat> I don't know if we'll be able to stream that because it's, you know, Netflix, but, uh, it would be nice to have a watch party. Uh, that is going to be our next episode. Um, it's coming out on Wednesday, so we're going to watch it probably record about it on the weekend this this weekend and then try to have that episode out next week sometime but um it's just going to be a full week of uh fanboying over uh once and always and hyping because apparently um you know hasbro is hyping this thing up to be a quote love letter to the power rangers franchise and the power rangers fans um they they said today during their live stream that it was, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's mainly for us, us 30 something year old adults that, uh, that grew up with the franchise, but it's also going to be something that those 30 something year old adults can show their kids. And that's what they're, that's what they're aiming towards. Um, so I wouldn't expect something. I'm expecting a little bit of maturity in once and always, but I'm not expecting full-blown blood i'm not i'm not expecting it won't be the movie it won't be the movie no it won't be the movie um but it will be it'll be something it'll probably it'll be more mature than the 1993 show probably most likely i mean we're we're definitely gonna podcast longer than that special once we get around to it I, I, mm-hmm. i'm getting i'm expecting we'll probably go at least two hours on it just gushing i just i don't know what i don't know how i'm gonna feel about it honestly <laughs> I mean, I'm really terrible. I'm really, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm trying to temper my expectations a little bit, which is wise. Yeah. Because I'm afraid here's what, here's what honestly I'm afraid of that. They've shown us everything in the trailer. That's important about the episode because they showed us a lot in that trailer. And if there are supposed to be more surprises, I really want to know what those surprises are because what they gave us was pretty substantial Mm -hmm. and, you know, Robo Rita Trini's dead. Um, the Rangers, what's up with the Ranger dolls in at the, at the moon palace. Um, voodoo space, voodoo space, voodoo, uh, Rita incarnate. Why is Rita a robot who made Rita? My theory is it's Scrozzle. um, Oh, Zed, not Machine Empire anymore. My my theory is Scrozzle. My my theory is Scrozzle. I think that I think they're going to have some. Um, I think they're going to have some connections to Cosmic Fury because Zed is the Lord Zed is the big bad in Cosmic Fury, and I think there's going to be some connections there right. where it was Scrozzle that made right. Robo Rita. Not and Travis, get in line. 
I mean, that's fair. I mean, I, I would love to have as I would honestly love to have all of our friends on that episode uh, to talk about once and always, man, that would be so it's going to be. So you a, really want that 10 hour episode is what I No, I don't want the 10 hour, ep, 10 hour, a 10 hour episode on a 55 minute special. Like that's insane. Nathan. One hour per minute. <laughs> per minute <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> what about him <laughs> he's good all the time <laughs> and all the time <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay jamie i'm excited uh but i'm all, but i'm concerned that if we're getting time travel shenanigans it doesn't mess with <sighs> or play fast and loose with the established canon which is something, Jamie, I'm also very terrified on. Very terrified that is with. that is such an annoying modern trend with these soft reboots, and I I, I don't like it. Uh, uh, it is so overused that I'm like, come on. I mean, because it it feels like it's invalidating what came before, but doesn't really invalidate what came. It's very difficult to manage. Well, it is incredibly difficult to manage. Well, and I just, I would I mean, rather they didn't do that. I mean, I mean the DC comic, DC comics did it twice, but it wasn't with time travel. It was with multiversal madness you know, with when they did it. And it was in, one case it was a comic book classic that was just this massive 12 issue epic but yeah but then they did flashpoint which flashpoint was a decent story by itself but the results of it were not great so what can the listeners with attitude expect <laughs> next after once and always after once and after once and always what can the after once and always you're getting two sentai episodes in a row so i guess it'll be sentai may Sentai, sentai that sentai. doesn't roll off the tongue very doesn't, well it doesn't work as well as sentai, so you're getting to sentai may so we're going to be doing choriki sentai orange which i'm i think i'm about halfway through or close I'm to it episode right 30 now. i'm episode 30 right now yeah yeah well this is your second time through right uh yeah my second time it's such a good show that i decided to watch all the way through this time before yeah. With these past Zentai shows, I've just been kind of watching like bits and pieces here and there just to get the gist of it and jog my memory. But with Old Ranger, I really, I really enjoy Old Ranger. So, uh, and shout out to Travis. Travis, you're right. Um, you're right, Travis. Old Ranger is a very good show. Uh, it is currently until I get to until I finish Time Ranger. It is currently my favorite. Um. Um. Uh. uh Sentai, Sentai season, Sentai, Sentai show. Jesus, I can't talk today. So we're covering O Ranger. In yeah, but as I was saying, as I was saying, I'm about halfway through it. It's felt a little bipolar. Those first handful of episodes were such beggars. <laughs> like it, it comes out swinging, and I'm ignoring that. It comes out swinging. It is freakishly dark at uh, when it starts. And then the tone starts to shift. It goes a little all over the place. And I mean, the, the lighter, funnier episodes have been entertaining, but I'm like, I feel like the show is at its best when it went full tilt dark because there's no way they could have done what they were doing in Zio with that because the uh, the Baronoia empire oh man they go places that mm. saban wasn't going to do with the machine empire but then they started making the Baronoia empire a bit of a joke so i don't i don't know i'll have to finish it to make a final assessment like i said it's felt a little bipolar and there are real world reasons for that but and i'm still. i'm really looking forward though when you get to car ranger Oh I'm yes, Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. People think I'm not going to be able to handle this thing. I'm like, come on! It has the advantage of not being turbo. <laughs> it makes so much more sense. It makes so much more sense in context. In context, someone asked us in our Facebook group the other day, Nathan, if we're going to be able to tolerate the constant usage of the word Ursh 
in terms when they're talking about the <laughs> no, plan. I'm not going to rant master on that, okay? I need something way better than that to rant master about, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also to Travis's point, yes, O-Ranger does have a strong ending. There we go. Right. That's what I've been told. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I think the last episode I saw was their take on the on the cliche anime beach episode. <laughs> Which was, I admit, I admit it was amusing, but still, I'm like, this is not how the show started, guys. <laughs> oh, speaking of not how this show started. All right, listeners with attitude, that wraps up this episode. And may you always never get high on your own supply of Goldar dust. I can't compete with that one. But also, may you be visited or not visited, depending on how you feel about it, by alien looky-loos. <laughs> and may the power protect you. Thank you for listening to The Power Trip, a podcast produced and hosted by Michael Hamilton and Nathan Marchand. If you'd like to send us feedback, email us at powertrippod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at thepowertrippod. And join our official Facebook group, Power Rangers Legacy. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other great podcatchers. The podcast logo was designed by Rebecca Hudgens. Follow her on Instagram at super underscore r underscore illustrations. Our theme song was created by JP Gant. Follow him on Twitter at homebrewedsd. We also use tracks from Super Sentai Complete Works 30th Anniversary Album. All film and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended or implied. The Power Trip has no association with Toei Company Limited, Saban Entertainment, or Hasbro. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. And until next time, see ya! This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2023, Kaiju Ramen Media, LLC. Ha ha!